in thinking through the season that we're about to start and we are commemorating and signaling with this gathering in Ash Wednesday, on Ash Wednesday, uh, I was thinking that I, when I grew up as a Protestant in Latin America, we didn't do Ash Wednesday. No. It's too Catholic. Those people are trying to earn their salvation. We don't do that. But why do we celebrate Ash Wednesday? Well, in our Reformed tradition, we actually celebrate and commemorate Ash Wednesday. We take the opportunity of the celebration of Ash Wednesday to remind ourselves who we really are. To remind ourselves that we depend solely on God's grace. To remind ourselves that this body is actually destined to corruption. And to remind ourselves that by the grace of God, we do have a future with God in eternity. Now, there are many disciplines that are practiced. And I like them, actually. I, I, it was during the celebration in the mainland of, of uh, Ash Wednesday and, and, and the Lent period that I discovered the labyrinth as a tool for prayer, meditation, and reflection. I also discovered disciplines of, of get this one, silence. But there are so many disciplines, and I'm going to open it up. Can you think of a spiritual, a spiritual practice or a discipline that you have heard of that you may like to participate in or that you have participated in? Let's open it up. Uh, the labyrinth, for example, in my case. How about you guys? Huh? You've also done the labyrinth? Okay. It's a walk in which you walk the path and you're meditating and reflecting. Actually, sometimes I do my own labyrinth in this building. Pastors tend to do that. Lord, bless the choir that sits here. Jennifer usually sits around here. Chip and Donna, bless them. Oh, right here are the Oakleys. Bless them, O oh Lord. You see, and that's a labyrinth. You walk and you pray. You walk and you pray. Uh, sacrifices, like don't eat meat on Friday. Uh, I do. <laughs> so if you don't, if you don't, send me that filet. Uh, no, but, but why do some of us do that? It sounds to me like you don't do much of that. Which one? Meditating, you take a verse of the Bible or a song, scripture. Look at that. How about kneeling down and praying kneeling down? Oh, some of us. I practice today something and I realize we won't do it. <laughs> okay, but those are, uh, how about uh, fasting? Now, we heard that one because that's a very popular Christian practice for discipline. Uh, how about fasting? Both readings that we had talked about fasting, and both kind of agree. 
with the spirit of what fasting should be, which is basically a separation from, not from self, but from our wicked practices to righteous practices. That's what they were saying. It's not stopping eating or stop smoking or drinking for 40 days. What does that do? Well, your blood pressure may get adjusted, you know, some of the stuff may happen. But why do people get engaged in spiritual practices and so-called sacrifices? There's two answers to that. Basically. One of them is to gain favor from God. Oh, I see them in the Philippines when they just quap a bum. Self-flagellation? And when you talk to... I, I don't have to go so far as to, as to the Cathedral of Our Lady of Guadalupe in, city, in Mexico City, and I saw this one. There's a guy kneeling down. Now, he's going to kneel. He's going to walk from here to probably to where Burlington store is at in his, on his knees. I stuck to the two ladies that were following him because I wanted to check this out. So they were pulling a little towel ahead of him, and he would then move two more steps. The wife would take another little towel, put it in front of him, and he would move two more steps. The mother-in-law, I'm guessing is the mother-in-law because she was the one whacking him with his sin. And you know what was his sin? He was unfaithful. Okay. What was he doing? Huh? Repenting? Really? That's what he thought he was doing. He was pain? For what? He was atoning for his sin. He was paying for his sin. I walked all the way with a dude, man. I felt. I walked all the way. And when we got up there, to close to the cathedral gates, I asked him, what, what, why are you doing this? You know what he told me? I'd rather pay for it here than over there. And I'm like, did you know this has been paid for already? <laughs> he couldn't understand that. So sometimes this season is misunderstood. And people think that they can gain favor with God by doing things or stop doing other things. In reality, we're already lost. <laughs> uh, we, there is nothing that, that we can do to gain our acceptance, our favorability with God. Nothing we can do because we know Scripture teaches that it was God Himself who reached out to us initially. And because God loved us first, then we can love God ourselves and others. So why are we here, Presbyterians? Reformers? Protestants? Well, we have another view of this. It reminds us of our dependency and fragility, and it allows us an opportunity in the year to get closer to God. We know we can't earn anything to be right with God, that through Jesus Christ, he paid it all. If Jose would have known, 
half a mile on his knees. Oh, they were bleeding, of course. If he would have known that it was all paid for, and the purpose for which we then do it is not to gain favor with God because we cannot gain any more favor than what we have from God through Jesus Christ. So this is why, why I'm suggesting why we do what we do during the next 40 days. Why do we do it? I am suggesting that we do what we do in this season. Yes, to remind ourselves of our dependency on God. And secondly, that as we practice our spiritual disciplines, whether it be true fasting, significant prayer, through walk, through driving in the 3008 area, a zip code, that we are doing it because God wants us to be closer to Jesus. And Sunday I mentioned that when we get closer to Jesus, John, guess what? Jesus rubs off on us. And we begin to think like Jesus. We begin to speak like Jesus. We begin to see like Jesus. We begin to listen like Jesus. So, my dear sister and brother, yes, we are dependent 100% on God for our living down here. But God has called us and invited us and equipped us to be Jesus in this season to others. That's why. For God knew His people in advance. And He chose them to become like His Son. In the old version, the one you're accustomed to here is to be conformed to His image, right? That's the one that sounds, to be conformed to His image. What that says is to be like His Son, so that His Son would be the firstborn amongst who? And who are those people? We are those people. He's our big brother. He leads us. We follow. We follow. He rubs into us. People don't see us. They see Jesus. They say, oh, I want what Jay has, but Jay knows it's not him. And Jay knows to point them to Jesus. Okay? Let us pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity to come before your presence, for the opportunity to renew our vows, to be reminded of our position on earth, our position in Christ, and the expectation mighty Father has for us. Thank you for calling us. Now as we remember who we are, And we really can't pretend, oh God, because we know ourselves and our secrets are there. But we can trust you because we know Jesus. And thus, receive our prayer, receive our penitence as we together celebrate Holy Lent. Amen.